Now, we are in the thick of debating public-private partnerships again. Health New Zealand's new operating model, which uh, we got a load of today, mentions PPPs as possible investment options to be able to build the hospitals. But Health Minister Aisha Verrill says that she doesn't prefer the PPPs and the government still doesn't believe it's an appropriate way to fund health infrastructure. With us now is Richard Wagstaff, President of the Council of Trade Unions. Hey, Richard. Hi there. Do you like PPPs? No, not really, uh, Heather. I, I feel like they've been around for a long time. We lived through Serco. We, we saw Transmission Gully, and that was just breathtakingly painful for everyone who lives around Wellington. And they were really PPP failures, and um, I don't think we want to go there. They're essentially a good deal for, for private business and a bad deal for the taxpayer. Don't you think that that reflects more on the people who stitch the PPP deal together than the PPP itself as an idea? No, I don't. I think um, Transmission Gully was just, you, you had a situation where um, those contractors were um, were really paying, paying us for all they could get. And the problem is you lose control in a long-term deal. And, um, you know, they don't do this for fun. They do it for money and it's our money. Government can always borrow money cheaper than these firms. They have to make a profit. They have to borrow money more expensively. And, and it leaves us really uh, holding the can, particularly if it goes wrong. What about, uh, for example, the best example of a PPP being the rollout of ultra-fast broadband? That went well, didn't yeah. it? It did go better than, than certainly those other ones, but we don't. But you know, it's not a great track record to find one that went well. I mean, we can find two that were a disaster. They're notorious in places like the UK, and they call them theft. Um, I, I'm really surprised to see it coming back. And so, if you did have them, to take them into health would be the last place you'd want to take them all to thought. We have a strong commitment here to public health and public good not for private profit American systems or private profit seeking in health. And I think it's um, not good thinking. I, I don't think it's a good track record. I think the problem with them is they're very long term. And so the government is, politicians like them because they can make big promises without spending money. But of course, over time, the money's more than paid back. And you're in a deal that, you, that hasn't got much flexibility, you're really over a barrel. It's a bit like getting someone to sort of look into a healthy renovation and when they pull up the floorboards, they find something's wrong and then a gotcha. And you aren't in a very good place to negotiate. And that's the situation with PPPs. When things change, you have to negotiate um, over a barrel, and that's the taxpayer. The problem is, Richard, the opportunity cost of not taking the PPP. And the Dunedin Hospital is a perfect example of that, right? 2017, we were talking about a PPP to build that hospital. That hospital should have been opened at the earliest next year and at the latest 2027. But instead, what we've done is we've reverted back to the public model and we're still we're still cutting wards off it to try to make it more affordable. I mean, surely if you had to choose between a publicly funded hospital that hasn't even started the construction yet or a privately funded hospital that is finished next year, the latter would be better. It would be, but when it needs finished on time, first of all, like I said, transmission going. Secondly, that's just a matter of political will. And the government can borrow money and construct these things. It just needs to be an understanding amongst people that if we're going to build this hospital, we need this thing. The best way to do it is for the government to borrow the money, procure somebody to build it and to run it. Um, it's a better, cheaper deal. PPPs sound, you know, they, they sound too good to be true because they are too good to be true. Uh, basically, the taxpayer pays a high rent for that asset over 30 plus years without much control or ownership. Okay, so your concern about the hospitals is um, the cost of it. Where would they recover their costs in a hospital? Would it be parking? Well, basically, the government will have to rent the building back. They will get into a 30-year deal or something like that mm. to buy to, to operate and maintain and buy back that building at, at very expensive rates compared to the money they could borrow themselves to build it at much lower rates than, than the 
provider would. Do we know? There's no uh, money okay, there so so the two options are either you build it for your, you build it yourself as a government, you take out all all the debt and you build it with you know your own contractors, and given that it's a government, they're always going to do it less efficiently, or you have a private bunch of guys doing it efficiently. You pay them rent, they maintain it the entire time. How do we know that it necessarily ends up more expensive them doing it? Well, because when you build it, you don't. When the government builds it, they procure it from the, from the private sector to build. So yeah. it is the private sector building it. So there's no difference there. But they have still being run more. by them, though, and 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 the government can't run jack. Well, I would suggest to you that governments do run health services a hell of a lot better than the private sector does. Okay. Just got to look at America and the UK and New Zealand for that example. Private sector makes a lot of money out of health and scoop it off the top. And you know we want a publicly owned and operated health system. I think. Most New Zealanders understand that that's a far better way to go. Okay. And what are the other concerns, the, the, the lack of delivery on time? And also there's that, the cost of it, but also the, the long-term nature of it. It's very difficult to predict what happens in 10, 20, 30 years' time. What if you need to build extra wings, need to do extra things to it? You're really in a vulnerable position with the owner of that building to negotiate those changes. And that's where you know, we'll get fleeced as taxpayers if we enter into a situation like that, a long-term lease or long-term PPP with that private provider who effectively has us over a barrel because we have no alternatives but to pay them to make changes. Interesting. Okay, Richard, thank you for talking us through that. I appreciate it. That's Richard Wagstaff, President of the Council of Trade Unions. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.